Here's a problem actually looking at some data. I call it the pond problem. Suppose a number of turtles, P of t in a pond, P for population, is estimated as follows, where t equals 1 corresponds to 1900. So say they started measuring the turtles in this pond around the turn of the century. And the population after certain years is given here. You can see it drops off very quickly. I don't know, maybe the Industrial Revolution, they started dumping something in there and it started killing off the turtles. But the first year in 1900, they had 100,005. And then the second year, it dropped down by half. And then the third year, down by a third. And the fourth year, down by a quarter. So the fifth year, down by a fifth. So you might see a pattern here. Now, obviously, this is a contrived problem. I apologize for not using real numbers, but when I do, it takes a lot longer to do the problem. So we have a problem where we start with an initial population of about 100,000. And then the first year, it's divided in half. And the second year, it's divided by three. And the third year, it's divided by four. So can you see? that we're actually taking our initial population and dividing by t, the number of years. And so this pretty much looks like the data follows this pattern. And if you don't believe me, what you can do is you can call upon what you learned in section 1.8 with the regression problems. And instead of doing linear regression, because this is clearly not a linear function, is it? The change is actually getting smaller per year, right? Here it goes down by 50,000, then it only goes down by 17,000, and then it's down by about a little over 8,000. So the change in y is not constant for a constant change in t. So we can see it's not linear, and it actually looks to me like something like this. Another way to write this is 100,000 times t to the negative 1. And 100,000 times t to the negative 1 can be found this kind of function. Sorry, let me put in the p of t. This kind of function can be found using power regression. Now, you're not going to find this on the final. So I know some of you might turn off this video right now. But power regression, you don't have to do on the final, but it's very interesting. If you enter these five sets of data, and then you go to, in data matrix editor, right? You go to apps, data matrix editor, enter the data. And then if you go to calculate power regression on C1 and C2, your two columns, I got, when I entered this data, I got y equals ax to the b. This is why it's called power regression. Excuse me. Power regression is called that because x is to the power b. And then we have an initial value, a, right here. So when it does the power regression, it tells me y equals ax to the b. Oops, I lost it. And a equals 99984.93 and so on. And b equals negative 0.9934376. So if you look at this, this is almost 100,000, isn't it? So p of t 
y is approximately equal to 100,000 x to the negative, that's almost 1, right? And so you get 100,000 over x. So that's, oh, sorry, not x, p. p of t, 100,000 over t. So my numbers were not exact, and so that's why these numbers are not nice even numbers, nice, nice clean integers. But you can at least see what's happening with the data. We have something starting at approximately 100,000 and then dividing by whatever our variable is, right? Because the negative 1 power means 1 over t. Looking at this, what do you think is going to happen over time to the turtles in this pond? You can see that their populations are going to keep going down, aren't they? Also, if you've already entered those, those data points into the data matrix editor, you can see that at year one you have about 100,000 turtles. And then you'll see that it drops off as the years go, go up. But it doesn't drop off evenly, does it? In fact, the longer the years go, the less change in Y you have. You can see that the change in Y here is the longest for one change in X. And then the change in Y is smaller for this change of one X, one in X, or T, I should say. And this is my delta P. So the population drops most drastically the first year. And then it drops off less and less over time. Now the question is, does this graph level off somewhere, or does it level off at the x, t-axis, or does it not ever level off and keep going down? If you think about real life, are you ever going to have negative turtles, a negative amount of turtles? So the least you're going to have is zero turtles, right, if they all die. And so if the, the most the smallest you can go is down to zero. Now the question is, is it going to go down to zero eventually, or is it going to level off? And that's what we call long run or end behavior of a function. What happens to the function as your inputs get larger and larger and larger? For this example, what happens to the function as t goes on to infinity? Now, probably we all know this world is not going to go to infinity, right? So how far we go depends on our scale in terms of you know thinking about the long run. Um, the other thing is you have to be very careful about using a certain number of data points to make a speculation about very far into the future. If you recall from section 1.8 when we talked about regression, your values only represent the situation um, for for future values close to where you are right now. And even then, we can't guarantee that something's going to happen tomorrow, right? We can't guarantee that they're going to want to put in a housing complex where this pond is tomorrow. And then they're going to either need to move all the turtles or those turtles are going to, are going to disappear. So you, you can't take real life and fit it exactly with the formula. But for values near these times, like 1906 and beyond, we could maybe use this model of 100,000 over t 
to take a guess as to what the population of the turtles is in the future, because it does seem to be following this pattern. Now, what's most likely to occur is unless, unless they keep adding, say, pesticides or something like that to keep bringing down this population, odds are it's, it's probably going to level off. That happens a lot in, in the natural world. Things will level off or they'll level off this way. This is called a logistics function. You don't need to know that, but it's, it's you see it a lot in business. This point right here is called the point of diminishing returns. Many of you have probably seen that. It's also seen a lot in disease models where you have something introduced into the population and the number of cases increases rapidly in here and then gradually the number of cases will often drop off. And so what we call, what the, gra what the graph is doing out here is what we call the long run or end behavior of the function. And now I'd like to show you how the formula of a particular function can relate to the long-run behavior. Now this particular function, 100,000 over t, if the turtle population really follows this model, and that's a big if, if it really follows this model, then eventually over time, the more years we have passing, the smaller this population is going to get, isn't it? And as t goes to infinity, as t gets incredibly large, like talking hundreds, thousands of years, this 100,000 is going to dwindle down to virtually nothing. And I think an easier example than 100,000 turtles divided by the number of years in the pond is to think about 100,000 pizzas. Or I think I've mentioned this before. If we start with one pizza over t people, if you have just a few people, they have relatively large slices of pizza, right? But the more people you have trying to share one pizza, the smaller the slices get. And as t goes to infinity, the overall size of the piece goes to zero. So we say the limit as t goes to infinity of 1 over t is zero. Now, we're not saying that 1 over t is ever going to equal 0, because there's always going to be a tiny little piece. It's eventually the size of a very, 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 very tiny crumb. But you can always measure that pizza. There's always a little bit left, right? There's a little bit of a piece for each person. And so the limit as t goes to infinity, notice the infinity is here now, of the function 1 over t is 0 means that in the long run, as your t values get larger and larger and larger, the y values are getting smaller and smaller. And they're approaching the line y equals 0, which is another name for the x-axis. So I've done an easier problem. And you've all seen this actually in section 1.7. The limit as x goes to infinity of 1 over x is 0. You just didn't see the limit. You just looked at something called the horizontal asymptote. The horizontal asymptote is the x-axis for this function, 1 over x, or I should say t-axis, right? I'm so used to using x, and that's very lazy of me. The t-axis is where the graph is going as p goes to infinity.
And so we've seen that graph. Now, this particular function, also 1 over t, could exist for negative values of t. And if you think about one pizza divided by an infinite number of negative people, that's even worse, right? Because now everybody's cranky that they have no pizza. But 1 over t, as you go to negative infinity, you still have very, very tiny pieces. The closer t gets to negative infinity, this concept of negative infinity. So one pizza divided by an infinite number of negative people is still virtually no pieces for anybody, no pizza for anybody. So we have the graph goes to zero on either end, and that's why it's called end behavior, or long-run behavior, because when we think about this example in real life, in the long run, as time goes on, this function, 100,000 over t, is going to get smaller and smaller y values. And so I could say, let me erase some of this. Let me erase how we got it. 